Welcome to episode 94 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Justice is only justice if it's justice for all. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. So glad you could be with me and take a few minutes to sharpen your heart, sharpen your mind a little bit today. I want to talk to you about the issue of justice. It's a word that's being thrown around a lot. And uh, I think it's one of those words that uh, people would say, well, it means good, but they're not exactly sure how it works. Interesting, watching one of the press conferences from the uh, fellow that was shot by the Atlanta police, one of his attorneys, I believe it was, said, we need to get justice here. And then he made this comment, I'm not sure exactly what justice looks like. And he kind of rambled a little bit. Actually, uh, the guy had a, a decent tone to him. He felt like something needed to be done, but wasn't exactly sure what justice looked like. You know, thank God that some people can be honest, even if it's not on purpose, maybe, but he was honest in front of a lot of people. Jesus is the ultimate and only true lawgiver. Only Jesus, only God can decide what is right and what is wrong. Man does not have the ability in his fallen state to decide what is right and what is wrong. Remember, we did have slavery, and a lot of people thought it was right. You know, we've had the oppression of women. We've had the oppression of children. We've had, you know, many things that have happened, not just in this country. It's not like it's it's just the United States. It's man is sinful, and manful does wrong things, and he christens them as being right. So ultimately, there has to be a judge, and there has to be a jury. And the Bible is very clear that we are going to stand before the Lord, and that we are going to give an account for what is right and what is not right. Now, Jesus in Matthew 25 tells us what is right. First of all, the text leading up to this, he talks about the sheep and the goats, separating the sheep and the goats, the true followers from the non-true followers. And then he goes into the parable about the least of these, not really a parable, but a story of the least of these. And he says to those that are listening, as much as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Then he defines in their context of the present day, what the least of these were. Let's look at it. He said those that were hungry, those that were thirsty, those that were naked, those who were in prison, right? He said those were the least of these, okay? He gives some categories to those things and defines them because obviously in that culture, those people uh, were not being well taken care of. And he was challenging their faith to be focused on taking care, that these people were not an interruption to their faith, but they were an opportunity to their faith. Now, let me just do a sidebar here. A lot of times in fundamental evangelical conservative circles, because those people have something in common, we believe there's a cause and effect, that things don't just happen. So because of that, we come up with programs. Okay, we're going to have a program to help the poor. We're going to have a program to help the guys in prison. And, and that's good. And I think if something has life, you can put a skeleton on it. But what Jesus is talking about here is that as we encounter these people in our life, we take time for them. He's not talking about a program. I remember a church calling me one time. They had a great idea. They'd raised some money. 
they wanted to start a home for unwed mothers. And I went and met with them and I said this to them. I said, how many women have members of the church taken in, especially leaders that want to do this program? And they all stared at me and said, none. We're waiting to build this house. And I said, can I just tell you to save your money? I said, until you do that organically, until it interrupts your life, until it becomes part of you, and then what you're doing is an extension of you, now you have a life-giving program. And what happens, and we don't do that, we become mercenaries where we just give money to it rather than missionaries where we give our heart to it, okay? So Jesus talks about ministering to the least of these. We could say, this is the most vulnerable among us, or we could hang the human rights uh, term on it, okay? Now, in our culture today, uh, I would debate somebody very clearly on who the least of these are. And my firm conviction and revelation from Scripture is that unborn children are the least of these, that's because they are the most vulnerable. That is the place they are most likely to die is in their mother's womb, where they're like most likely to be dismembered and where the government gives its tacit approval to it. And many people turn their back. They know when they're being killed. They know where they're being killed. In many cases, they even know who's doing the killing, yet they will not lift the finger to try to interrupt that or at least offer an opportunity to that. So I say that to say this, justice is only justice if it's justice for all. There's no such thing as partial justice. And I think if anything, some of the uh, things that are going on today, that should be the message. If it's not justice for everybody, then it's not justice for all. And by the way, that's why I have a hard time with Black Lives Matter, because it's not all Black Lives Matter. It's actually some Black Lives Matter. Because all Black Lives Matter would include the unborn, it would include older and elderly people, which are often left out of the scenario. And you know what else it would include in the black culture right now? It would include black conservatives and black Christians, that they're as valuable too. So unless all lives matter, then some lives eventually will not matter. So it just depends on who's making the laws if God is not the one making, making the laws. We've got to understand that. Let me put it to you in, in very simple terms. Somebody that cannot define a person, when you look at a baby, okay, the baby in womb, if you can't define that as a person, how are you going to define the humanity of a born person? How are you going to define where that person's rights and somebody else's responsibilities meet? How do you have the intellectual integrity, just the intellectual integrity, let alone the spiritual integrity, to define what justice is. Jesus said, as much, that's a quantifying, to the degree you do it, to the degree that you do it to the least of these, then you've done it unto me. Now notice, he's not here talking about a sin of commission. He didn't say, you put me in jail, you took my clothes, you took my parents, you made me hungry, you made me thirsty. He's not saying that. He's not saying we are part of the problem, so to speak. He's saying we are part of the solution. Now, again, I would address this to my conservative and evangelical friends and say, I think a lot of times we think, well, I, you know, I'm not prejudiced or I don't have anything against this group of people or that group of people. Or, uh, But that's not the standard Jesus is using. Jesus is not saying you are part of the problem. He's just saying you're not being part of the solution.
okay? And by the way, he's not even saying it has to be a long-term solution, which, see, I'm a fixer. I want to fix things. I want to make things good. I want to come up with a program. I want to come up with a plan. I want to come up with something to make it go away. And, and that's not out of bad motives. It's just how I think. But what he's saying here is, yeah, we don't have to start a farm and teach a person how to farm. We, we just, in this case, have to give them the fish. We don't have to go to the jail and teach them a crime is bad. We just got to visit them. That's what he's saying. Read Matthew 25. That's not dare to suggest that we should not do more than that. But the truth is, just in doing that, we're honoring God because those people were made in the, in the image of God. And by the way, those things are the things that sensitize us to human tragedy. Those things are the things that sensitize us to the plight of people that things have happened to. Uh, some of them by their own volition. Some of them, they conspired against themselves. You know, I used to say that, you know, or I still say that, you know, some people have this stupid anointing and they exercise it very well. And some have been victims. Okay. He's not quantifying that here. He's not saying to the guy that was in jail and, you know, really shouldn't be, or, or, to, or to the guy that's in jail that did a little crime versus the guy in jail that did a really heinous crime. He's just saying, look, there were people in jail and you treated them as some part. You did not come to them. Do you know somebody that's in jail from your community, from your family, from your church, from that has just been forgotten about because they really were bad? They really did do something bad. Well, what he's saying here is they're still human and they still are in need of a visit, even if they don't deserve a visit. How about that? Okay. But they do deserve it because when we were full of sin, God visited us. What did we do to earn God's visit? See, that's the framework things must be put in. Black lives do matter because they matter to Jesus. All black lives matter, or the equation will end up being that none matter, because you can't segregate a certain group. See, they're right in the argument that you can't segregate one source of the population that has a different color skin from another source. Well, you can't segregate them based on age or based on location in their mother's womb or based on the circumstance of the, their conception, rich or poor or wanted or unwanted. You can't segregate people like that because they're people made in the image of God. Justice comes from God. The least of these has got to be the seed of what we operate in a so-called human rights realm from. Listen, when you read this chapter... It's not just about how we treat people now. Jesus said that when we stand before him, we're going to be judged on this very matter. So I think it's pretty critical. I'd encourage you to take a fresh look at Matthew 25 and just begin to read it. Uh, just start even at verse 31 and read through verse 46, 15 verses, and see how it speaks to you. Hey, this is Keith Toosey. Why don't you send this off to somebody and get them to read it, maybe have some discussions about it. It might do you good. It might do somebody else good, be a blessing to them. And thanks for taking the time for me to share my heart with you. Lord bless you. Have a great day. Today, Keith had a discussion on real justice. In Matthew 25, Jesus said, As much as you have done unto the least of these, you have done unto me. Jesus wasn't talking about just a program, although programs are good. He was saying that as we encounter the least of these, the most vulnerable, that we take time for them. Be part of the solution. Show the least of these God's love and care because they were created in the image of God. 
Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.